You know, when we put our hands together, we do so as an offering. The scripture invites us in the uh, Old Testament to raise to the Lord a clap offering. And that's a place where we just celebrate who God is and what God is doing. And God is doing something in here today. So we say, come Holy Spirit. And like MJ said, we don't say it because we don't believe the Holy Spirit is, isn't here. There is no place that we can go that God isn't already there. If we go to the highest highs, God is there. If we go into the depths of hell itself, the Lord's presence is in the deepest depth. And we know that he sees us and he touches us and he's willing to, to embrace us and, and be there for us if we're willing to be honest with him. You know, every once in a while, um, um, I, I preach a message that I come back to the scripture, and I wonder if I've come back to it a little too soon. But I keep saying over and over again that there are passages in the Bible, um, the stories, narratives, that when I preach these stories and when I'm studying for these stories, I can sit down and I can plunk out about seven different um, messages. And I think, man, that's a sermon series, not just a, a, a one-off, what we call a one-off. We're not in the middle of a series other than the fact that we're launching 2021 with the idea um, that the word yield is our word for 2021. And I pray to goodness that God will encourage you into two concepts. One is that you will yield to God. That you will yield to what does the Bible say about what the Bible says about what God is asking of us as his humanity. And then I also pray that God, when he comes back, when the trumpet blows and he comes and finds us, that he will find us offering up a yield of leading people to Jesus. That we will all somewhere have sowed a specific seed. I know a lot of times we want to say, man, I know I'm out there sowing seeds. And here, when a farmer sows a seed, like Pastor Jan talked last week. When a farmer sows a seed, he knows exactly what field the seed is in, and he's anticipating coming back to that very spot to, to reap a harvest. So the idea that I'm going through life and I don't even know where the seeds I'm sowing are going, that's really not our call. Our call is to bring to God a yield, whether we're the servant that's been offered or, or uh, um, entrusted with 10 um, denarii or five denarii or one denarii, 10 talents, five talents, or one talent. Whatever it is that God has, has, has in, invested inside of us, we are called to invest in the lives of other people. And so I, wanna, I, I just want to do this. Um, honestly, if I, if I was going to tear this whole passage apart and not try to preach this passage, but rather say, hey, Lord, if I was doing a sermon series, what, what would I do? It would look like this. this is, these would be the titles of the sermon series from the passage I'm about to read to you. As you go along, are you done with that? Because you say so, when you're done, God's just getting started. The revelation of God is also the revelation of our sinfulness. When God wants your attention, and finally, now what will you do? These are all messages that I would pull out of these just a verse at a time and have a blast with. So I just wanted to share, with that, share that with you just to show. This verse means a lot to me. And, and I like seeing that. But these are the things that would come from this specific, specific passage. As I share with you what I want to share with you today, we've made it to the end of the first month of 2021. We have lived through January of 2021, and we should get t-shirts. We should. It should say, we've lived all three months in, of the quarter in this month, and we have made it happen, and it has worked. You teachers, you have survived, and you're here. You parents, you have not like done away with any of your children, and you're here. 
Most of us are not in jail, okay? If you're joining us from out there, um, we just want to welcome you in with us. If you're joining us from jail, welcome as well. We're glad to have you here. But at the end of the day, we've made it to 2021. And what I want to share with you is what I would call a specific word from God. I believe, and and if you've come to this church very long, you know what I'm about to say. I believe that you're not here by accident. I believe that Psalm 139 uh, says, every day ordained for you was written in God's book before one of them came to pass. You can probably quote that to me if you've been here long enough now, okay? I believe with all of my heart that if you can let go of yesterday, and if you cannot for the next half an hour not worry about tomorrow, that God specifically wants to say something to you. This is what I believe. I believe that if you are in here and your soul is dry, if you are in here and you're tired of going to church, if you are in here, and in here is your living room as well, but if you are here and you feel just inside, whatever, what's going on, that if you'll listen, if you'll decide, God, what is it you want to say to me? I believe that God wants to do something in your life because I don't believe that God ever gets dry inside of us. I do believe that we often stop doing the things that God calls us to do or listening to the things that God calls us to listen to out of fear, out of boredom, out of, well, God, this has taken too long, out of whatever it might be. But I believe that God wants to move in your life today. And so I want to look at that. As we do this, uh, I'm sharing this, like if you were to look up in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you might find it as a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, either one. But this is something that I believe the Holy Spirit said, uh, Joe, um, the last Sunday of January, I want you to preach this. And, and I have had a blast for the last week and a half, just tearing this passage apart verse by verse by verse. Let's just pray before I get started. We're going to turn to Luke 5, but let's pray first. <clears throat> God, as we come before you right now. We do say, come Holy Spirit, because we're ignorant of how else to say it, Lord. And what we mean, Holy Spirit, is we're, we're sorry if we've offended you. We're sorry if we've grieved you. We're sorry if we've set you aside. We want to be moved by you. We want you to wreck our lives. And we want you to put it back into a manner that brings glory and honor to our Father. As we come in here, God, we're hungry for something in our hearts. And you want us to lay our hearts on the line. Not always to do, but sometimes to say and to give up and to let go of and to embrace and to be a part of. And and whatever it is, God, we come before you. And Holy Spirit, we just ask and pray that you settle and begin to make it pointedly clear in each of our hearts what that is that you're about to do. We thank you for that in Jesus' blessed and holy name. Amen. I have my hardback Bible from like way back in the 90s, my study Bible, because my preaching Bible is still being recovered. I understand it's on its way home finally, Um, but I wore it out and somebody said that I could get it recovered, so I did. So I'm in this one again, um, preaching out of this, Luke chapter 5. If you've got one of these things, I would encourage you to bring it to church. If you don't, it'll always show up up there, and you may or may not know this, but on your phone where you normally get um, um, phone calls or check your Facebook status, or interrupt the service, either one of those, okay? You actually can uh, read your Bible. Okay, listen, I'm just having fun with you. So what? We're just human beings. But in Luke chapter 5, this is what the scripture says, okay? One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats. 
Two boats at the water's edge. They were left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little from the shore. Just float it backwards a little bit, Simon, would you? And then he sat down, obviously on the seat in the front of the boat, and he taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deeper water and uh, let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night. Night. All the words in your Bible are there on purpose. We have worked all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. And then Jesus said, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. Once again, if I was doing seven messages, this is what it would be. As you go along, are you done with that? Because you say so. When you're done, God's just now getting started. The revelation of God is also the revelation of our sinfulness. When God wants your attention, and now, the last one would be, and now, what will you do? So, what, what is this story that we're looking at? Okay, a carpenter walks up to a bunch of fishermen. Sounds like the intro to a really bad dad joke, doesn't it? Uh, a carpenter walks up to a bunch of fishermen. Yeah, no, that's really what happened. A carpenter walked up to a bunch of fishermen. They have been fishing all night because on the Sea of Galilee, that's where you fish. They're in a fishing boat. It's about 30 feet long, 30 to 32 feet long. They have some in captivity in museums over in Israel. Okay, you can go and you can see them, the approximate size of a fishing boat from 2,000 years ago. And so Jesus is walking along. He's not just walking along. He appears to have stopped because there's a great crowd. The scripture says there was a crowd of people around him and he was preaching the word or he was sharing, unfolding the Old Testament to these people. And I'm sure it was concerning the coming of the Messiah as well as a number of other things on how to live for God in the world 2,000 years ago. Okay? So he's doing this thing, and he sees a couple of boats that are are sitting there just up on the shore. The fishermen are over there a little ways. They've taken their nets. Their nets are about, oh, 20 feet in diameter, and they take them, and they sling them out into the water, and they let them sink, and then they pull them up, and then there's, you know, fish in them, and, and that's how it works. And so they're over there, and they're washing their nets out. The day is done. They have fished, according to the Scripture, all night long. So that leads us to believe that this is morning. And I wouldn't say like six o'clock in the morning. I would just say that it's morning. It's, it's maybe nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. And Jesus has a crowd and they're all around him. And he sees those people over there washing their nets, fixing their nets. And he walks up and gets in the boat. And Luke is very clear to make us understand that it's Simon's boat. I love that Luke is all about the details. He needs us to have 
all the details, the specific details, the intentional details. And the idea that Jesus got in Simon's boat is just indicative of what he's going to say to Simon when he says, you know, that he's going to build his kingdom upon this confession of faith when Peter asks him because he's going to get a name change. But you're going to see it happen in the passage, or you saw it happen in the passage. <clears throat> because when Peter sees, or when Simon sees the great catch of fish that they got, it says, Simon, Peter fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away. And so this is our uh, passage. Today, I, I, this is what I want to preach about, this, this one out of the seven. I want to preach about this. What would happen if you decided, whatever it is you came in here hungry for, what would happen if you decided to start taking Jesus at his word? What would happen? What would happen if you read the Bible and it said, if somebody comes to you and they're hungry, you feed them. If somebody comes to you and they're thirsty, don't blow them off and say, ah, oh, they're just faking. They're just standing there. They really don't want food. They just want money. What if, what if God said, what I want you to do is roll your window down and say, dude, are you really hungry? I will take you and get you something to eat. I will buy you groceries for your family. Come with me. Get in the car. What if from now on, our opportunities were dictated by what Jesus actually wrote in the Scripture? And instead of trying to rationalize why we don't have to do something, we don't have to say something, we don't have to give something, we don't have to love somebody, we don't have to be long-suffering with somebody, we decided, well, Jesus said this is what we're to do, and so we're going to do it. Because see, that's the story of what was going on in this passage. These are professional fishermen that if you read this passage, as well as the one in Matthew and as well as the one in Mark, um, you will find out that it wasn't just um, Simon and Andrew, but it was also James and John. It was also James and John's father, Zebedee. And so it's all of these people are in a business. They're, they're, they're fishing together. They have an enterprise, a corporation. And it would appear, just like normal, that Simon at least thinks he's the boss. Okay, he at least thinks he's the boss because he's the one interacting with Jesus and Jesus got in his boat. The reason Jesus got in his boat and then he backed his boat, that, that boat up just a little tiny bit was because if you've ever been to the lake, if you've ever been to Somerset and you, you know, picnicking, picnicking with your family on the shore of the lake, you recognize that you can hear people out there. Because Jesus' voice would bounce off the water and it was a natural amphitheater. That's what was going on. And this, this statement comes in Luke 5, in uh, uh, the 5b, if you will. It says, but because you say so. Because Jesus said to Peter, listen, you let me use your boat. Now I'm going to do you a favor. Back your boat up into the deep water over there. Throw your net over the right side of the boat. And we can, we can look at that two ways. Throw your boat or your net over the right, side, the right hand side of the boat or throw your net over the correct side of the boat. I choose to believe it meant right hand side of the boat. And so Jesus said, do this. And I love Peter's response. He said, teacher, master, rabbi, look, we have fished all night. But because you say so. I have that passage just grilled into my heart along with another one from the book of Luke. 
But I love that. Let me show you. I don't know if you know what an interlinear is, but this is what an interlinear looks like. If I were to read um, specifically right from word for word what the Greek says, the actual Greek words, um, verse 5 would say this. Simon said to him, Master, through all the night laboring, nothing we took. At but the word of you, I will let down the net. At but the word of you. I love that phrase. But the word of you, Lord, that's the actual literal word for word translation before we try to put it into English. Before we try to interpret it, it's at but the word of you. And when we do interpret that, it means, you know, some of some other things. But as we look at this, this, this passage right here, but because you say so is the way it's in, in, uh, interpreted in the NIV. At but the word of you. I just want it stamped right there on my forearm. Because you said so, Lord. Because you said so. And there it is right there, and that's what it looks like. What if we went through life, and verse 5b of Luke chapter 5 became the why for every single thing that we did? We didn't buy, sell, marry, date, um, eat, drink, whatever it was. We didn't do anything if we couldn't say, at but the word of you, but because you say so, Lord. Two verses in this scripture, anytime I get a new Bible, I always open it up, these two passages. Luke 5, 5b, and I highlight it and circle it as a reminder every time I come to it. And then also in Luke 15, 17, you may be familiar with this story. It's just a, a parable, but it's the parable of the prodigal son. Luke 15, 17, the verse starts, when he came to his senses. When are we going to come to our senses and live our lives at but the word of you? When are we going to do that? When are we going to say that we are a people so hungry for God that the political situation in America, listen, there's a lot more going around, uh, on around the world than just the things going on in America. The church of God is way bigger than America. America is not listed in the scripture. And yes, you can send me the, 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 the um, conspiracy theory stuff and show me that maybe this is. No, it's not. It's not listed. Okay? Christianity comes from heaven. And it is for every... I love being an American. Please don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, you and I are a royal priesthood and a holy nation of people, neither Greek nor Jew, neither Scythian nor bond, male nor fe uh, female. God is calling everybody from different nations to make his nation. And we are called to live it, but the word of you when we come to our senses. I love that. How many of my father's hired men, hired servants, excuse me, have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? Could that actually describe how you're feeling this morning when you come in here spiritually? Yeah, we've been going to church for four or five years, and we're, it's kind of dull right now. We're thinking about switching churches. We're thinking about not going to church. We're thinking about sitting at home and doing church online where the kids can just run around. And da, da, da. We're thinking about this. Could it be, could it possibly be that inside of our souls we have prodigaled ourselves? We have gone and lived our lives in such a fashion that we realize that all of those things we wanted will not satisfy something inside of us. And when we come to our senses and realize that our Father's servants have more than we hunger for, 
we'll come home and live our lives at but the word of you. At but the word of you. It means however because you say so or but because you say so. Can you imagine if Simon argued with Jesus? Hey, I'm going to sit in your boat. Push it out a little from short. No, Lord, we're not doing that. Listen, you carpenters got to stay in your union. Stay over there. Don't be coming over here trying to tell us fishermen how to fish. We know how to fish. We have fished all night. We didn't catch any fish. That's what happens sometimes. Right now we're tired. Can you imagine that Simon's like, listen, we have wore ourselves out. Because you know how it is when you fish, right? I went fishing with a friend of mine named Kent that I don't want to tell you his last name is Lewis, so I won't. But um, he took me fishing down on Lake Cumberland. And we we fished and we fished and we fished and we fished and, and I had some things I needed to do that night but you know how it is you get to the end of the day and you start hooking some and then you're like let's stay a little longer and the guy that brought you said you had to be home at 2 30 it's like I know but that's like maybe okay well maybe they can do without me I'm fishing man we're catching fish it's happening you know you just stay if you don't catch anything and there's no doubt in my mind that Peter could have said look Lord we did this all night or, or, or rabbi because they didn't know he was the messiah he was just a, a guy walking along people were listening to and he could have argued with him like we do. Now God doesn't really want me to do that. No, listen, people will think I'm weird. No, you don't understand. I have to do this. It's who I am. It's like, no. What if we lived our lives at but the word of you? What if we did that instead? Can you imagine Simon Peter arguing with God? So what does God want to tell you today that I believe with all of my heart? I believe this. When you're done, when you're done, God is ready to get started in your life. You came in here, and, and again, maybe you just came to church today. Maybe you're serving today. Maybe you're in here and you're like, oh, I'm on. We can't watch church from home in our jammies with our coffee. Oh, we got to actually show up in the building. It's, it's okay. We were meant to, okay? But you come in here and you're like, you know, if God could do this thing in my life, if God could do this thing, whatever this thing is, if God could do this in my life, that would be so cool and awesome. And what I want to say is when you're done, God is ready to get started. There has to come a time when we begin to recognize that God is at work. You know, you're sitting there and you've got your boats pulled up and I don't know what your boats are. You've got your nets thrown on the, the land and you're washing them off or you're sewing them back together. You're trying to put your life back together because you have been laboring and struggling even for God, even doing good things, catching fish. But it's not working because nothing's happening. You're not seeing anything. And we don't notice that God is like, hey, I just was waiting for you to get done fishing. Pull your boats up on shore and throw your hands up and say, well, that didn't work. I wonder what God wants to do. Because God wants to do something. When you are done, when you are done, God is ready to get started. Simon fished all night, and he caught zero fish. But God was setting him up. God was setting him up. God needed him to catch zero fish. You feel like you're catching zero fish right now? I'm not talking about making disciples. I'm just talking about succeeding in life. Do you feel like you got a big fat zero right now? I believe God is setting you up. But he's setting you up for God. Simon had no reason to believe that he was about to get paid an astounding amount to become the sound guy for Jesus' ministry on the Sea of Galilee. That's where it was. Gennesaret, Galilee, Tiberias, it's all the same lake. Okay? 
Simon had just decided, he had to decide, is he going to yield what Jesus wants? Is he going to yield? There's the word. Is he going to yield to what Jesus is asking of him? Or is he going to say, look, it was a good night. I need to get a good day's sleep because in 12 hours I got to hit it again. And I don't know who you are, never met you before, but move along, move along, we're done. That's what we got to decide. But the last thing he really expected from God was for God to do something. And doesn't God often appear that way in our lives? When we finally come to the end of ourselves and we're like, I've got to be honest, I'm a sinner. I've got to be honest, I sinned against that person or I sinned against this person. I've got to be honest, God is calling me to do that and I keep saying no. God, I've I got to be honest, God is calling me to give this up and I keep saying no. God is asking me to go meet this person and I keep saying no. God is asking me to share my testimony, but I keep saying no. I would rather flirt with the, the world than I would dance with God. Because that's the way we live. I would rather flirt with the world than dance with God. God is not trying to meet my expectation. Believe it or not. He's just being God. That's all. The second thing is that God, what God says is exactly what he means. When God said to Peter, hey, push out into the deeper water and we're going to catch some fish. And, and Peter, Peter wanted Jesus to know right away that he knew he's not a fisherman. <laughs> Dude, we have fished all night and have not caught any fishes. None. I just need you to know that before I decide if I'm going to yield to you, God, because I have been slaving away for you for 28 years as a church leader, God. When are you going to do this thing? Lord, you don't understand what I have done in my relationship to my wife. We have struggled and we have done this. God, you don't know I've been the best employee at my company and I still don't get credit for it. Lord, you don't understand that I've been working here for 25 years and they're still not paying me like Bill Gates. We live that way, don't we? Peter's like, Lord, I fished all night. We fished all night. But at the word of you, at the word of you, I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to give you a shot. And he pushes the boat a little further out, rows it, if you will. That means there was more than just him in the boat. When Jesus pushed out from shore, it wasn't just Peter in the boat. And he goes out into the deeper water, and he puts the net down on the right-hand side of the boat. Grab the net, throw it. Maybe you've seen it in National Geographic. The net opens up as it goes out away from the boat, you know, maybe 20, 25 feet in a circle. And all of a sudden, it hits the water, goes slap, and just sinks down. And they wait until it sinks, 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 sinks. And then they pull on it, and the weight's on the edge of the net, pull it together. And then they pull it up, and it's like, I'm going to need some help on this one. Yeah, I watched a young lady catching a, a, a fish um, this past week. I was just um, looking through some things, looking for stuff for this message. And there was a girl and she hooked a fish in an inlet in Florida. And it was a 12 foot like bull shark. And she didn't realize that until it came up out of the water. And it was like, wow! And all of a sudden it chomps the wire in half. The wire in half. And it was like, whoops, that one got away. And it's like, Yeah. Imagine them pulling and pulling and pulling on that rope. And then they're like, wow, all night we fished 15 minutes with this guy on the right side of the boat. What God asks of you 
is what God wants from you. What God says is exactly what God means. So when God told Noah, listen, I want you to build this boat. God didn't say, just go out there and build a boat that'll hold, you know, a couple hundred, maybe a couple thousand animals. He said, I want you to build a boat. I want it this big, this wide, made out of this, wiped or, or, or uh, covered in pitch. I want the door here. I want the windows here. I want you and your family. And by the way, when people come up and ask you what you're doing, I want you to tell me you're building the ark because the end is coming. Conspiracy theorists. First one was Noah. It's all over now. It's going to rain. What an idiot. And by the way, what's rain? Yeah, it's all stupid until the water gets up to your waist. Suddenly, it's not a conspiracy anymore. But what God wanted from Noah, he specifically asked from Noah. When Jesus needed to go to the, to the, um, to the Last Supper with his disciples, the last Passover he was going to share with them, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go in to town. I want you to go to this place. I want you to go upstairs. I want you to tell this guy, the master needs this room. He's coming. The room will already be set up. It'll have tables, plates, all the food and stuff will be ready for the big Passover that they're supposed to be celebrating. We're going to take over that room. Are you serious? That's what happened. When Jesus said, oh, by the way, I want you to go in there the week before, and I want you to grab this mare with her colt, and I want you to bring her on out. She's tied up at this spot, and somebody's going to say, why are you stealing our livestock? And when they say, the master has need of it, then you bring it here. Can you imagine just going and stealing somebody's livestock? Uh, the, the Lord has need of this. It's okay. They call it cattle rustling in Madison County. And um, frankly, I think you could be shot for it, okay? I'm just guessing. Don't shoot people. But I'm just guessing, Okay. But think about it for a second, because that's the scenario. When Jesus says something, that's what he means. The final example of that is all, all of Jesus' teachings. What he said he meant. It doesn't make sense. You can ask me all the hypothetical situations you want, but they're hypothetical. You're not even giving God a chance to show up in your hypothetical situations. You've got to stop and say, what did Jesus say? And finally, the fishermen received a yield from God after. I need you to understand this. After, not before. You're in here and you're wanting God to move in your life. And I'm asking you, when are you going to listen to what God said? When are you going to live your life at but the word of you? When are you going to say, but because you said so? You want God to do something incredible. And God's saying, man, I'm still waiting for you to follow me. I'm still waiting for you to open up your Bible and see what I said that you're supposed to be doing with somebody that's at odds with you. I'm still wanting you to just park your little tuchus on the couch and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7 as the core of Jesus' teachings and then decide, do you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does the Bible say about what the Bible says? Because the fishermen received a yield from God after they yielded through specific obedience. God is asking something of you, isn't he? He's asking you to surrender your life. He's asking you to change jobs. He's asking you to, to open up the Bible and understand what he says uh, that you and I are supposed to be living like. He's asking you to understand all the aspects of his teaching. He's not asking you to be a doormat. He's not asking you to be a killer. He's not asking you to be an addict. He's not asking you to be an adulterer. He's not asking you to do those things. He's asking you to come and follow him so that he can make you a fisher of men. He wants you to be a part of his kingdom. He wants you to be a part of what he is doing. I wrote in my notes right here. It's not going to show up up there. It's in red. 
because I was praying and I said, it says, Joe, the Holy Spirit is saying this. So I'm going to share it with you. Before you leave here today, I believe the Holy Spirit is actually asking something of you. Maybe it's time to leave your life of sin. Do you know what that means? I would be glad to have that conversation with you. I would be glad to sit down and talk about the sin nature inside of you that, was born, that you were born with because you were born separated from God. You did not sin and get separated from God. You were born separated from God because of the sin nature you inherited from Adam and Eve, which is simply, I want what I want when I want it and how I want it. When you're a three-year-old, it's not a big deal. When you're a 35-year-old, it's a huge deal. When you're a 60-year-old, it's a bigger deal. We don't always get it just because we want it. We can't be that narcissistic. Maybe God is saying it's time to stop and watch what God is doing because with your life, you're messing it up doing it yourself. Maybe it's time to look and say, God, what are you, what are you doing? I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm 60 years old. I'm sure that's a big part of it. Don't come and say that to me. Okay, don't, don't, don't write me an email that says you're old. Okay, don't do that. When I see you succeed, I cry. My wife goes, are you crying? And I'm crying now. But it's, and you're like, oh yeah, pastor's crying. It's what he does on Sundays. No, every day of the week, every time I see something go right in somebody's life, I start crying. I'm so excited for them. And I don't, hey, I need you to know I'm crying for you. So there, sometimes I, I do. You, you send something out there and I see that something's going good and I'm bawling for you. But I've come to understand that I think God wants to say something to you. I think some of you in here need to hear this. God is proud of you. You don't feel like he is, but he is. Listen, God, God factored in you're stupid. <laughs> okay, and you can be thankful he did because that's how I got to be pastor. He factored it in. Well, Joe's going to be a problem, especially on social media in 2000. So let's just deal with him. Okay, I know, I know, I know. But listen to me. God factored in yours as well, and it doesn't make him love you less. And I think you need to hear that God loves you very, very much, and he's proud of you. You're trying. You're trying. Just make sure you're trying to hear God, not trying to get what you want. Trying to hear God. Maybe he's telling you to go to her and tell her you're sorry, and I have to say it that way because that's the way God told me to write it. Maybe God is telling you to go to her and tell her you're sorry and mean it. You need to mean it. Maybe it's time to end that relationship with people or things or whatever else that's taking you further away from God. Maybe it's time for us to stop playing games about that. Maybe you need to know that drinking's not a sin, but it's, need, it's time to stop anyway. It's not helping you. It's not helping you. Go ahead and let it go. Maybe it's time to tell your story to a coworker, but you're afraid to. But maybe it's time so that they can come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Or maybe it's time for you to decide that you're going to follow God and not just go to church and be good. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you're going to have church inside of your heart when you're driving. 
when you're going to work, when you're going shopping, when you're getting groceries, maybe. When are you going to stop fighting against God? When are you going to stop fighting against Him? Because He's for you. It's time to stop and take God at His word. What does the Bible say? Eh, it's kind of crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm either going to drown or I'm going to have a great story. Been there, we'll still do that. And maybe the blessing that will unfold is going to unfold when you decide to be obedient. When you decide to stop trying to be popular, trying to be cool, trying to be fun, trying to fit in, trying to get into the right group of friends, trying to... Maybe when you just stop and say, God, how do I love people in Madison County, Central Kentucky, um, whatever that's going to be for you. Maybe that's when you're going to recognize that God wants to meet you in that desire, that God wants to put in your life such a great catch of fish that your life your livelihood begins to sink from the blessing of it, from the benefit of it, from the abundance of it. And who knows, maybe God, when he does all of that, is going to ask you to pull it up on the shore and walk away because he's got big plans for you. And all he's waiting for you to do is say yes and yield so that he can create a yield. We've been super careful since March. We've been super careful since March. I want to invite the uh, prayer team to come up front here with your masks, if you would, please. Some people are going to come up here because the Holy Spirit told me we're going to do this this morning simply because somebody in here feels like, no, 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 I can't go forward today. And the, the truth of the matter is, yes, 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 you can. And so I want to invite you to come up here because we, and today I'm including myself because the Holy Spirit said to, want to pray for you. We want you to keep a, a reasonably safe distance. They're going to keep their masks on. We're not going to touch you but we want to pray for you. Because I believe, 60 years old, since 1977, I have seen God do some of the most ridiculous, powerful, miraculous things in my relationship to my wife, in my relationship to my children, in my relationship to my income, in my relationship to my career, in my relationship to this career, just simply because I was willing to say, but for the word of you, at but the word of you, Lord, I will do this thing. Even if I look a fool. And I want to pray for you. So why don't you come to your feet? We're going to go into um, the Revelation song gently. And if you would like to be prayed over right now, and you feel comfortable, could you come up here and can we pray for you? Any one of us can pray for you. We would like to pray for you this morning. Listen, I know. I can, I, I, the Holy Spirit said, no, it's going to happen. So you might as well not drag it out. Just come on up here and let us pray for you. Okay? We're not asking you to speak into a microphone. Just let us pray for you. So come on up here. Go ahead. Come on up here. Those of you that are at home can go to vineyardrichmond.com down in the lower right-hand corner. There's a little green button that says chat. We want to pray for you. 
We have somebody waiting for you to click that button so that we can pray for you. Because guess what? God, now that you're ready to be done, is ready to get started with you. He's ready to fill your boat. Are you ready to give him a chance? You have the courage to do it? As you guys start the song, you feel free to come up here. Don't wait on the first one. There's no sense in doing it. We want to pray for you. That's right. That's how it works. There you go. At but the word of you, Lord, I will go forward and have somebody pray for me. And you hear the Lord saying, move. It's just because he loves you. Jesus wasn't mad at Peter when he told him to back that boat up. <laughs> he was about to do something incredible. God's not mad at you when he asks you to come get prayer. You are here. When he invites you to click the little green Moving button, it's because he wants to do something in your life. Wherever you are in the world watching us, Korea, you're, some of you are in Korea, some of you are in you Europe, are some of you are friends of ours from around the United States. God wants to do something in your life today. You've got to let him. You've got to get off your behind, leave your net, get back in the boat, and be next to him right here today. We're going to sing the song. You just come up here when you're ready. We're going to pray. You are here. 